want to give you some word here this evening, and I, I trust that you will receive it. I want to talk a little bit tonight about avoiding spiritual theft. Everybody say that with me, avoiding spiritual theft. John chapter 10 is uh, the teaching of Jesus about the sheep finding the true door and uh, following the true shepherd. It, it is about avoiding the thief. That's what Jesus talked about. And according to John 10 and 10, the scriptures say that it's the express purpose of the thief, meaning the devil, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He comes for no other reason but to kill, steal, and destroy. No matter how many lies he tells you, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Does anybody believe that? For no other reason but selfish gain, he comes to bring, he comes to bring the sheep of God to his pasture. Well, to ultimately to take them and to destroy their lives. I love Psalms 100 that says that we are the sheep of the Lord's pasture. We are his sheep. And the devil is our enemy. We understand that. This is not something that you don't know. But the devil is the enemy and the thief of the soul of, of every man. And he uses them for his own selfish purpose. The devil does. And, and when he's finished, he's finished. The Bible, and I, I, taught, I preached on this a few weeks ago, don't forget the end results. Because the Bible said, when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. But sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we understand that Satan is doing his very best to destroy every one of us. You are nothing to the devil just on your own. But if you are a child of God, he is out to destroy you and to kill you. Because this war started way back before there was a world when Satan rebelled in heaven, when Lucifer came against God and he was cast out of heaven. So the devil wants to steal and to kill and destroy the, the child of God's life. But, but I want to tell you there's more to John writing than just John 10 and 10. It didn't end with that. The Bible said He came to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Bible said Jesus Christ came to give you life and give it more abundantly. Aren't you glad for that tonight? So thank the Lord that it's, it doesn't end with the kill, steal, and destroy part. But He came to give abundant life. Let me, uh, let me tell you about a story that I read, and it, it will help lay some groundwork for what I, I want to, uh, to talk about tonight. I read the story... Uh, and it was a true story. It was in USA Today paper some time ago. Uh, it was a headline on, on, on a certain page. And the, the headline said, Take a security expert's advice to avoid travel theft. That was the article. The article began by saying and, and stating the particular expert's qualifications. His name, 
His name was uh, Richard Leffler, I believe was his name. And uh, he said, going on vacation, better watch your wallet. I'm going to read a little bit because I want you to hear the story. He said the former, this Richard Leffler was the former head of security for American Express. And he says, growing numbers of travelers are falling victim to pickpockets and purse snatchers. Leffler, who also spent 20 years of tracking bad guys at the U.S. Secret Service, he talked to the USA Today writer about the latest thievery techniques and what travelers should do to keep valuables safe. And so in this article, Leffner said that travel theft is on the rise and it can happen to anybody. He said, I see it all over the world, including major cities in the United States. He admitted that two years ago it almost happened to him, of all people. When someone drops coins in front of you, the natural response is to bend over and help them pick up the coins. Since I knew, he wrote, this kind of trick, the first thing I did was reach back to check my wallet, and when I did, there was a hand reaching in my pocket to take it out. They almost got it. Then he said another trick is what is called the airport security checkpoint distraction. You put your valuables on the belt, and just before you go through the metal detector, someone distracts you. Usually, they appear to have picked up an airline ticket and ask if you dropped it. And the delays, this delays your getting through the detector, and an accomplice picks up your things, and by the time you get through, your things are gone. He said another technique is the ketchup or mustard scam where you're standing by the airline gate when all of a sudden you realize that you have mustard squirted on your shoulder and the person who did it appears to be very upset and apologetic and tries to make it better by helping you to wipe it off. But at the same time, a partner is walking off with your valuables. Now, he told those stories talking about how to avoid theft of valuable things during everyday life. I want to take those same stories and apply them to a spiritual sense. Because spiritually speaking, there are some valuables to this church and to you as individuals that we have to keep safe with God. There are some things of value that the Lord has given us. And I think when I, when I talk about them, you will quickly recognize I value personally I value the presence of God. I value the Holy Ghost, the power of God. I value the things of God, the hand of God. Do you value the hand of God upon your life on an everyday basis? I value the peace of God. You know what the Bible said? It is peace that passes understanding. The peace of God in our life is, is so valuable. The Bible said that this experience that we have is joy unspeakable and full of glory. The love of God. Do you value the love of God? I talked about it here Sunday. The love of God that He showers us with on a daily basis. The contentment that we have when we're serving God. 
the blessings of the Lord. I read a scripture, and I'm going to preach on it again. I did a few years ago. When the Lord is on my side. Let me tell you, when you have the blessings of God and the favor of God in your life, it is a valuable spiritual commodity to every one of us. I value the church. I value the worship of the church. I value the praying people of the church. There are some things that I don't ever want to let go because they are so valuable. I value my heritage. I love the way that I was raised. Thank God. I was driving down the road the other day, and I just said, Thank you, Lord. Out of all the billions of people that are in this world that you found me, you allowed me to know what I know. You allowed me to be what I am. Thank you, Lord. I value that. So I want to, I want, I want you to understand tonight what I'm talking about when I talk about the valuable things of God. That don't even scratch the surface of the things that I could talk about being valued. I value my family. I value the prayers of praying people on me. I have people all the time saying, I'm praying for you. Thank God that you're praying for me. And guess what? I'm praying for you. I'm praying for our youth. I'm praying for our kids. I'm praying for our city. I'm praying for our parish. I'm praying for our elected officials. You say, all that is really valuable. You better believe it. Thank God for America. Thank God for the flag. Thank God for the liberties we have. We have some valuable things in our life. Can you say amen? So I want you to guard and protect the spiritual, valuable things because they are always at risk. If he is a thief, let me tell you the first thing he will do is steal spiritual things. The devil don't want you to... He he don't care if you have money. He just don't want you to have peace. He don't care if you drive a good car. He just wants you to drive it to the wrong place. Come on now. He don't care if you prosper as long as you're not giving it to the kingdom of God. What are you saying? He is a thief of spiritual things. And he wants to destroy. One of the saddest stories in all of the Bible. I'm going to talk about it here tonight. It's found in the book of Judges. And when you read the story uh, of this man, this man that I'm about to talk about, it will, it will bring tears to your eyes because this man called Samson was born and blessed of God. He had a promise on his life. The Lord made a promise to his mother and Samson was a man that had everything that you could possibly imagine in the way of strength and anointing and blessing. He was a, he was born as a Nazarite and he had the Nazarite vow in his life. The story of Samson is about a man that allowed the enemy to slowly but surely steal everything that was valuable in his life. Think about it with me tonight. It was prophesied to Samson's mother, by the angel of the Lord, that she was going to bear a son and that he would be a deliverer for God's people. At this time, the children of Israel had been in, in bondage or, 
uh, serving to the Philistines for 40 years. But here comes Samson. Samson was a special child. He was mightily used of God. And if you read the Scriptures in Judges chapter 13 and verse 24, this is what the Bible said. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew. And the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtal. According to the prophecy, the angel of the Lord was upon Samson. He was called as a Nazarite. A Nazarite was a person who took a vow of consecration to God. The vow included a few things, and here's what they were. He had to abstain from intoxicating drink. He had to refrain from cutting his hair. And he was refusing to go near a dead body. Samson, Samson. Remember that name. He was called to be different. He was called to be set apart. He was to be the deliverer of the people of God. It was early in his life that you find Samson going down into the world to test, to satisfy what we know was carnal and a fleshly desire. In Judges 14 and verse 1, it says that Samson went down. I want you to notice that. He went down to Timnath. It is a city of the Philistines. And saw a Philistine girl that caught his eye. And he decided right then that he wanted that girl. I'll tell you, GEism. Y'all, some of y'all don't know what that is. That's what my daddy used to say. GE chance. A GEism. Here's one, okay? If money don't get you, women will. Oh, yeah. That's what he said many times. Note, the scripture said, the scripture said that Samson went down. To Timnath. He didn't go up to Timnath. He went down. Whenever you leave the presence of God and you're headed for the things of the world, honey, I'm here to tell you on a Wednesday night, it's a downward spiral. You're headed in the wrong direction. So, so when, when, when you leave the house of God and the valuable things of God and you start risking them, whenever you leave life of living right and walking right, and, and righteousness before God. It is going down to Timnath. It's not going up. It's going down. The worst days, I want to tell you, the worst days in the church are better than the best days in the world. Let me ask you a question. When Noah built an ark, do you think all those animals he put on that ark didn't stink? Y'all are quiet on me. Do you think all the things that went up that gangplank and when Noah finally went in and God shut the door, do you think that was, was a good smelling place? You think it was pretty pleasant? I'm here to tell you no. But I'm also here to tell you I'd rather be in the stink of the ark than the storm that was going to drown the rest of the world. I'd rather have a few problems living for God and know that the final results, I read them already. I looked at the back of the book. Honey, we win. 
There's no loss here. You can't lose living for God. Oh, Reverend Ike. Anybody ever heard Reverend Ike? Somebody, oh, some few folks. That's our time. We'd be tribal, traveling down the road, Earlene and I, in our early days of ministry. And late at night, Reverend Ike would come on. You know what Reverend Ike would say? You can't lose with the stuff I use. Yeah, he was, he, 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 I remember one time he got telling about a, an oil well and uh, the blessing of God coming through an oil well. And he said, every time you go by that oil well, honey, you just say, pump, baby, pump. You can't lose with it. Well, I'm here to tell you, I'm not Reverend Ike, but you can't lose with the stuff I'm talking about tonight. You can't lose with the church of the living God. You can't lose living right and walking upright before God. Righteousness never loses. Somebody shout amen. So, so what, what, what I've come to preach to you tonight is that when you go down and you start leaving the house of God, you're about to get in trouble. Let me, let me, let me just give you, let me just give you a quick synopsis of the, the life of Samson right quick. Samson. Samson was a man that caught 300 foxes and tied their tails together and sent them through the enemy's crop. Samson is a man that took the gates of a city and walked off with them on his shoulder. This is not a fairy tale. This is in the Word of God. Samson is the man that took the jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand men one day. Samson was not a nobody. He was very powerful and anointed. But let me tell you what got Samson. When Samson went down to Timnath, there was a woman waiting on Samson. And the Philistines knew they couldn't conquer Samson. And so they found his weakness. Could I preach to you tonight? The devil knows your weakness. Amen? He may not get you with a drug needle. I'm just being honest. He may not get you with a bottle. He may not get you with an addiction. But he might get you with a little jealousy. He might get you with a little envy. He might put a little hatred in your heart. He knows your weakness. He knows where you are. If he knows he can't get it done with the vices of the world, he knows how to make you worry and worry and worry and worry until you lose all your faith and your confidence in God. He knows how to steal valuable things out of your life. See, some people never get it. They never get the value of God's kingdom and the things of God. Let, 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 me, let me be honest with you. Let me be honest with you. The reason there's so many people here on Sunday and a few here on Wednesday because some of them ain't got it. They don't get it. You know why? They don't realize the value of the kingdom of God. Some, the reason some people never pick up their Bible is they never realize the value of the kingdom of God. Don't get quiet on me. It's okay. reason some folks never go to the prayer room is because they don't realize the value of the kingdom of God. Let me, let me just say this to you tonight. The things of God are more valuable in your life than silver or gold, riches or fame. It doesn't matter. The things of God are the things that, that are eternal and not temporal. 
Does that make sense tonight? Aren't you glad you're here tonight? I'm preaching to all those folks that aren't here. Amen. But they don't realize the value. The devil steals valuable things from your life. And he wants them so that you cannot continue to do the will of God. So the Philistines got Delilah to start trying to persuade him. And she starts talking and compelling Samuel and, and pressuring him. And uh, Samuel, uh, excuse me, Samson, I, I want to know where your strength is. She worked on him day after day. He would go down to Timnath and there would she would hammer his mind. Hammer his will. Hammer away. That's exactly what the devil does to you every day. You gotta understand till finally, finally one day he said, okay Delilah, okay. He, he didn't tell her but he said, if you bind me with seven green wrists that were never dried he said, I'll be just as weak as any other man. Well, you know what? She, she, she got him to go to sleep on her lap. Let me tell you something. Be careful because when Delilah starts putting you to sleep, you'll have to be in trouble. And, 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 and he woke up. She said, the Philistines are upon you. And he woke up and he broke the green wrists as if they were nothing. And, and she realized that wasn't the answer. So, so she, she keeps harping and she keeps pounding. This is what the devil does. This is why the Bible said in the book of Peter, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You think he's going to quit after Sunday? No. He's coming back Monday and he'll be back Tuesday and he'll be there Wednesday and he'll be there Thursday. He is after you every day to steal, kill, and destroy. So Samson said, okay, okay, okay. Here it is, Delilah. Bind me with new ropes that have never been occupied, and I'll be weak as any other man. Guess what? That didn't work. Every time she would say, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he'll wake out of his sleep and, and pop those ropes and flex his muscles one time. They do. They didn't have him. Delilah said, you're mocking me. You've told me lies. She pressed him harder. Then he told her, watch, he got a little closer. He said, well, if you weave the seven locks of hair together, then I'll be like any other man. He started off with ropes and green wrists, and now he's all the way to his head where his hair was, and, and, and the power of God was in his hair in that Nazarite vow. And he said, if you'll just weave those locks together, he said, I'll be like any other man. Notice Notice how close he's getting now. Notice where he's at now. You see, I wish I could, I, I could unveil the devil for what he is because he starts out with a little lie. He starts out with a little baby step. He starts out with just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And why don't you partake here? And it won't hurt to do this. And everybody else is doing this. And, but the first thing you know, the first thing you know, he's hammering away until he gets your mind confused and there's so much pressure and now you're running with a different crowd I'm preaching to you tonight and, and and the first thing you know you're giving them clues that are close to where you really are so she wove his hair this time she woke him up same thing still had power now now it was such a challenge for this Delilah. She was a prostitute. She was a woman 
of deceit. And now, she says, Samson, you say you love me. You tell me you love me. You don't love me. Why won't you tell me where your strength is? And so finally he tells her, it's in the seven locks of my head. If my head was shaved, then I would be just like. And he revealed the things, the valuable things. Somebody say the valuable things. I'm talking to you tonight about avoiding spiritual theft. He told her where the value was in his life. And when he went to sleep that time, and they bound him up, when he awoke, could I, could I tell you, could I tell you that this scripture bothers me for a lot of things and a lot of people? The Bible said when she awoke, he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before. I'm going to do the same thing I've been doing. They woke me up. I broke those ropes. I broke those green wrists. They woke me up and they had my hair woven, but it didn't matter. Everything they've done, I've conquered it. And the Bible said, the Bible specifically said, Samson awoke as at other times before, but he wist not. I want you to hear me. He wist not that the Spirit of God had departed from him. He lost it. His strength was gone. His power was gone. His experience was gone. So I've come to preach on a Wednesday night. If it can happen to Samson, it can happen to me. You can become powerless with your head in the lap of a Delilah. And I'm not talking about physically tonight. I'm talking about spiritual things. You see, I, I, I hate to tell you, but through my brief lifespan... And I'm I'm a I'm a little older now. I don't know when you you reach the elder stage. I I I don't know if I'm there or not. I got a little gray hair, and what hadn't turned gray's turned loose. But here's what I've noticed: that a lot of people have lost a lot of things along the way. And I'm telling you, the devil is constantly stealing things from people and destroying them over time because they kept playing around and messing around with sin and, and sticking one foot in the world. You know what the Bible said? You can't serve two masters. You'll either love one and hate the other, despise one and hold to the other. You can't hold on to both. You can't live for God like, like you really need to live for God, holding on to the things of the world. You've got to either get in the church or you've got to get out of the church. You can't be a fence straddler because let me tell you about God. He won't take that. He's said, I am a jealous God, and you can't have another God beside me. If you've got another God, I won't be your God. That's basically what he said in the Scripture. So I've come to preach to you on a Wednesday night. Avoid spiritual theft. Don't let the devil steal the things that are good to you. Don't ever let him quit raising your hands. Don't ever let him stop you from speaking in other tongues. Don't ever let him stop you from living a godly life. From avoiding the things that would drag you into a devil's hell. I'm preaching to you on a Wednesday night. Keep praising. Keep worshiping. Keep your hands up. Keep your song. Keep your prayer life. Keep the things of God in your life. Never let the devil steal them away from you. It's not worth it. Do you know what they've done to Samson? The Philistines took him and they 
literally gouged his eyes out. Took their fingers and run them down and pulled those eyeballs out of the socket. A man that had so much power, so much anointing, so much of God. And now he's reduced to nothing because he was not aware that the devil was stealing spiritual things. I know it's quiet. It's okay. So at the end of his life, he's repented. He's asked God to help him. Aren't you glad God forgives us? Aren't you glad God forgives us? Samson got an old, got a young lad. He said, one day he said, lead, lead me to the pillars of the temple. And they were in there doing their idol worship. And let me tell you what they do with Samson. They'd take him out and they'd, 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 they'd put him like a, an old mule. And they'd make him push and grind at the mule. Round and round. He couldn't see. He was just, just holding on and, and grinding. And they'd laugh and scoff and mock. Till one day he said, oh God. Oh, God, I need you to help me today. And he got a lad to take him to the pillars of that temple. And he got between the pillars of that temple. I love this story. Because if you've lost valuable things in your life, they're not gone forever. If you'll just go to God, He'll get them back to you. He'll bring them back to you. The power can come again. The anointing can come again. I ought to be preaching this on Sunday morning when all of our kids hear this and all of our young people hear this. I, 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 I want to tell you it's not over till he says it's over. It's not over just because you fail, just because you let some things slip away. you got to go back and get them. I told the Lord today, God, I want to gather up the things that the devil's tried to steal. I want to get them back. I want them because they're mine. I want them, Lord, if there's anything he's stolen, I'm going after it. Because I don't care what the day declares. I don't care what the day says that we ought to do. I know the things of God in our life is more valuable than anything we could ever ask for. So Samson says, son, take me over there. And he gets between those pillars. I can see him now. And he puts one hand on one pillar and another one on the other. And he asks God one more time to restore unto him that strength. Go read the Scriptures. And the Bible said he pushes those pillars. And suddenly there's a crack. And suddenly another and another and Samson died with the enemy, but he killed more at his death than he did in his life. You've got to avoid spiritual theft. Don't let the devil take it. Don't be pastor a little bit. God gave you a talent, don't bear it. Somebody said, I'm wore out. I am too. I told somebody just for church, I'm like Roy D. Mercer. I'm wore out. There's rest just inside the eastern gate. There's no vacations in living for God. 
You can't let your guard down one minute. You can't go a day and not pray. You better be talking to God when your feet hit the floor in the morning. If you want the blessings of God, you got to do the things of God. You can't stroll into a church on a Sunday morning for an hour and a half and let that be your spiritual fix for another week. Oh, I, I know. I know it's not popular, but I'm telling you the truth. The facts are you got to arise every day and say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Give me, give me power to walk today. Give me anointing today. Give me things in my life, Lord, that will help me be successful today. You got to put your guard up every morning. You can't let your guard down. If you let your guard down, you know what Paul said? Paul said, not me, Paul, a preacher that wrote 13 books of the New Testament, one of the most powerful men that ever lived. You know what he said? I die daily. I gotta die every day. Why, Paul? Because I gotta keep my guard up. I gotta make sure. He said, lest after I have preached to others, he said this, he said, I myself become a castaway. I can't let my guard down. I can't, I can't stop praying. When you stop praying, you're in trouble. When you stop worshiping, you're in trouble. When you stop giving, you're in trouble. When you stop loving, you're in trouble. You're letting the devil whisk some things out of you. Pull them away from you that are spiritual things. You know, a lot of people have this concept. Well, you know, you, you just got to be, to be saved, you know, you just have to be poor and you got to look a certain way and you got to do this. That's hogwash. You know what God wants? He wants you to prosper and be in good health. That's what God wants. That's in His Word. Go read it for yourself. But I'll tell you what else He wants. He wants you to pursue Him every day. He wants you to pursue Him in the morning and at night and at a noonday. He wants you to pursue Him. Folks, let me tell you something. Everybody in this church better learn to live a repentant lifestyle. Because there's not a one of us above sin. Are you with me? I could take a, a, a little... A little count here right now. And if we was all truthful, since Sunday, we probably all let something slip out of our mouth or had a wrong thought or got a little bitterness or a little hatred. You might have done some other stuff. I don't know. But here's what I do know. We're human. And God knows we're human. And that's why every day we have to guard our soul. We have to walk upright and righteous before God. You you can't take it for granted. You can't say, well, I've been living for God 40 years. I don't know how to do this. I don't care if you've lived for God 50 years, 60 years, 70 years. I want to tell you, you can still fail. And you can still lose the valuable things of God. Samson, don't be blinded by the lap of Delilah. Get up and get back to where you belong. Timnath is not your place of abode. you got to go. Back to the house of God. You know, I marvel, I marvel at people that don't put value on the things of God. The house of God. The house of God. Somebody say the house of God. Don't you love the house of God? 
There are some people that could care less if they get there. They look for reasons not to have to go. The preacher's going to get on. Forget about the preacher. It doesn't matter what the preacher says when it comes to that. We're going to all stand at the judgment seat of Christ. The facts are, you ought to have such a love and a genuine desire and a hope in your heart that you want to be in the presence of God every time you can. You want to drink in the things of God. You want to know God like you've never known Him. You want to be associated with God. You want to hear His voice. The Bible said, He he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. you got to hear what God's saying. Don't let the... You know, you've heard me say it before. It's kind of like the, the undertaker. The undertaker gets to where he can't cry. Bodies don't move him. Death don't phase him. We, the Bible talked in one place about our conscience that can become without feeling as if it were seared with a hot iron. Our conscience. So here's, here's my story. Here's my message to you tonight. God has given you some very valuable, valuable things. Some of us in this room, all we've ever known is church, serving God, going to church. Things are different. I know they are. Kids are spoiled. People have everything. We did better when we were poor. We did better living for God when we was all poor. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know why people get everything? They don't have to depend on God anymore. Our kids don't know enough about having to have God. Amen. It's the last days. It's the days that were prophesied of. When the love of many shall wax cold. When people will become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You can get folks to a weenie roast but not a prayer meeting. Hello, I can call a party and we'll have a big group. I can call a prayer meeting, we got a small group. Did I ever tell you about the story of the you know the story, I've mentioned it, I've preached from it years gone by. Let me tell you again, sir. Some somebody may not have heard it. About the boys that were just mischievous, the teenage guys that broke in the store one night and they thought, We're just gonna have some fun. So they didn't steal anything. They just started changing price tags. And they'd take a $2 item, Doris, and put a $100 item, a $100 ticket on that, and take a $100 item and put a $3 item on that. It wasn't long the next day when the cashier halted everything and called the manager and said, something's wrong here. I'm checking out things that I know aren't of value, and they got high price tags on them. And when they shut it all down and started looking, they discovered that somebody changed the price tags. Could I tell you in 2018, somebody changed the price tags? I'm telling you from my heart tonight. 
How is it? How is it? We got it all messed up. We got it all, we got it wrong. How is it that a quarterback can sign a $10 million contract and a school teacher makes $40,000 a year? We got it all wrong. I'm talking about it in the real world. But let me take it to a spiritual level. We also got it wrong there. We put value on things that don't matter. Let me tell you something. We was having church before the lights came along. We was praying folks through the Holy Ghost before the sound systems got better. Come on now. When I started preaching, if you had a sound system, it was about that long, that high, had a few knobs on it, and it sounded like Ned and the first reader. It was horrible. You know I'm telling the truth. But you know what? We have to have the big screens. We, and I'm not against it. Look, we got them. We got them. Look, everybody had to have a wall, so we got a wall. Everybody wanted a drum booth, so we got a $13,000 drum booth, so we look good. We got lights that shine, and they twirl and twitch and do all kind of junk. But let me tell you, that ain't where it's at. We've done all that, and we quit praying. We don't all that. We quit coming to prayer meeting and visitation. We don't knock doors anymore. I'm just preaching real. I'm just being right with you tonight. Because we've let the devil steal valuable things from us. We've lost the art of soul winning. We don't do it like we used to do it. Ain't you glad you ain't got to listen to me next Wednesday night? But just think of this. It'll be two weeks that it'll be saved up for you. But the facts are, I'm talking about the price tags have been changed. The world has slipped in. Let me tell you what the Bible said. Oh, oh, I don't want to hurt your feelings. But the Bible said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if the love of the world is in you, the love of the Father is not there. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't be a part of the world and a part of the church. I'm just preaching real to you right now. What is the world? It's the attitudes of the world. It's the things of the world. It's the sin of the world. I'm not talking about what some of you think is sin. I'm talking about what the Bible calls sin. Fornication and adultery and lying and cheating and jealousy and malice and strife and the things that God names sin. Thank you, Brother Grady. You paid me a great son, a compliment Sunday. A great compliment. And I, I, I've not said this to one of the soul till right now, but thank you for what you said. Thank you, first of all, for taking off. But you said something that I thank you for. Our pastor doesn't preach anything that's in the Bible. If I get out of the Bible, you get out of here. But if I'm in the Bible, you better stay here. Amen? So, 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 we can't, we can't, times change. I know that. I got enough sense to know that. Everything, look, I like it better. I like the words on the screen. Some of y'all couldn't sing and lick, and I couldn't either. Nowadays, they got so many words, these songs. It's not like I Fly Away. I can still sing I Fly Away and just over in the glory land. I know all those songs. I know every one of them. I can sing those old songs. Toby can tell you what page number they were in the book. Toby's an old man in a young man's body. He can tell you literally. I know about Stairway to Heaven. I know won't it be wonderful there. I know. I know all those songs. But, but nowadays they, they come out and they got, they, they, you, we used to sing 7-11 songs, seven words 11 times. 
You don't do that anymore. They got all kind of stuff. It's, it's good. I'm not against it, okay? But thank God for screens where we got words. Everybody do like this. Thank God for screens where we got words. But you don't have to have a screen to have a move of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to have a microphone to have a move of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to have it. You know what you got to have? Praying people, hungry souls, the, the moving of the Spirit of God, the anointing. It's not the lights that break the yoke. It's not the sound system that breaks the yoke. It's not the musical instruments that breaks the yoke. The Bible said it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. You want something to happen here Sunday? Get anointed. You want something to fall in this place and shake every sinner to their knees? I'll tell you what happened. Get anointing. You won't have it just because you got all the modern stuff. You'll only have it when you got people that know how to get a hold of God. Wow. All that's not in my notes, but it must be good for what I need to say because the Lord's just laying on me here now. Don't let the devil steal valuable things. Where's parents that learn to pray with their kids? Go ask my kids how they were raised. They're not perfect. Far from it. But let me tell you something. We, we, we prayed with our children. We learned. We taught them how to pray. You know why? Because she prayed with me. And my dad prayed with me. Where, where, where's the art of that? I'm talking about stealing valuable things. you got to guard against it. you got to get a backbone like a saw log and a hide like an alligator. You can't let the devil steal that away from you. Daddy preached a sermon one time. You'll remember this. He named it, and it just came to me right now. He named it, I Want Mine. You remember that? And he talked about going back and getting what the devil stole. I dare you tonight to go back before you go to bed and read Joel chapter 2, where the promise of revival comes. In the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit. Let me tell you what else he said. I'm going to restore you come get it. I'm going to restore some things to you. I'm going I'm, I'm to give you the things the canker worm has ate. I'm going to restore some things back to you spiritually. God is in the restoring business. And if the devil has tricked you and caused you to lose some things of value in your life, I'm encouraging you on a Wednesday night to go find an old-fashioned altar and hit your knees, get by yourself, go shut the bedroom door, get in your car, drive off out in the country, find you a pine stump like they used to, or do something. Go get in a deer stand. You probably won't kill no deer if you do what I'm about to tell you, but have your good old Holy Ghost prayer meeting, and when you come out, you'll have some things restored in your life, and the devil can't take them away unless you let him. Come on, let's stand together tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house right now. I'm preaching to you on a Wednesday night. Avoid spiritual theft. You know what I got on my house? An alarm. When you go in, you better be punching buttons. Or that thing goes to screaming. You know why I've got that? Because of thieves. Thieves that are in our neighborhood. Oh, yeah, they're there. They're everywhere. They're in your neighborhood, too. Anybody go shopping today? Anybody go to work today? Anybody go anywhere today? How many of you locked your doors? You know why you did that? 
you're aware that they're here. Nothing makes me madder than a thief. I'm just being honest. I better not catch you stealing from me because it's going to be bad. I got concealed carry. Seriously, I'm, I'm serious. Don't, don't kid a thief. Somebody just wants to get something that you worked hard for and haul it off. A thief. Break in your house and tear up your stuff and take out what they want. A thief. I don't care if it's jewelry or furniture or TVs or what it is. A thief. I can't stand a thief. But you know what? We're all aware of them. That's why when we get out, we boop, boop, make sure of that thing. I don't care if you're going in Walmart for two, two minutes. You're going to lock your door. Because they'll reach in and get your cell phone or your computer or, or your purse or whatever else they can find. You know I'm telling you the truth. We're so cognizant of that. We're so careful with that. We, we, baby, did you lock the door? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they got it convenient now. I can, pick, I can take my phone right now and lock my house up. Pretty neat stuff. But I wonder if we haven't become more concerned with burglars and thieves of the 21st century than the all-time worst thief that ever lived. And his name is Satan. He is on a daily mission to steal precious things. Don't forget what I'm telling you. Every day, you got to turn your spiritual alarm on and say, uh-uh, you're not taking that. He'll take your worship. He'll take your praise. He'll take your prayer. He'll take your offering. He'll take your family. He'll take everything that's dear to you. Steal it right away. And the first thing you know, you're depressed and you're oppressed and you've lost everything and you're, you're without God. Oh, Lord, give us spiritual wisdom tonight to not let the thief steal from us. Is that all right? Jesus, in this building right now, I'm asking you to lay it on our hearts and on our minds on this Wednesday night. Lord, we need help. We need to know those who labor among us. We need to know the spiritual things of God. We need to understand God. We need the gifts of the Spirit the anointing of God working in our lives. We need spiritual discernment of spirits. We need Holy Ghost power. Lord, I'm praying for this group of people that said under the sound of my voice on this Wednesday night that you would give us spiritual enlightening and help us to understand the things that are valuable in our life. And don't let us lose them, Lord. Don't ever let us lose them. And if some here have lost some things, God, I pray that you would restore them and give them back to us like you had given them in the very beginning. Do it, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. And everybody in this church said, in Jesus' name.